What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, your daily NFL podcast on CBSSports.com. I am your host, Will Brinson. Uh, great show today. First up, Heath Cummings and then Stephen O. Uh, worth noting, some news out of the block. Ryan Tannehill ruled out for the Miami Dolphins. That means the Bro- Brocktober continues. The renaissance of Brocktober rolls on unabated. Um, and don't ask Bill Belichick about uh, about Lawrence Taylor and Khalil Mack. He'll yell at you. Heath Cummings joining me now as he does every week until he gets tired of doing this and suddenly says something to a boss person to get out of it. Heath, what's up, buddy? What is going on? How could I ever get tired of talking to you, Will? This is the highlight of my week. Well, I that's a lie. That's fine. And um, I actually I, I enjoyed this conversation every week. So I thank you for lying to me and making me feel better. Uh, follow Heath on Twitter at Heath Senior. Um, watch him on CBS Sports HQ. If you don't know what that is, it's real sports news for real sports fans. If you're not winning, you're, if you're not watching, you're not winning. CBS Sports HQ twenty four seven streaming. Network brought to you from us. Obviously, you can watch it on your Roku, Amazon, Apple TV, uh, a, a cavalcade uh, of host and guest and smart people, analysts like Heath and Jamie and Dave, all on there. Nick Costas and a bunch of people just moved up to Stanford, Connecticut to open up a brand new studio. Is the office quieter now, Heath? Oh, it's so much quieter. Like, it used to be in the <laughs> afternoon. I'd be nodding off. I'd already had three coffees. I was trying to stay awake, and then Nick would come in about 4 p.m., and there was no more even thinking about sleep. So now I've got to find a new strategy for afternoons and uh, staying awake. Um, well, yeah, I, he is a special – he's a special talent. I'll tell you that much. Um, we're excited for Nick that he got to move back to his native New York, poor South Florida. What will they do without him? All right, let's dive in and, and look at uh, first Thursday night football. Um, I would ask you, Heath, off the bat, what uh, – is there anyone you would start other than David Johnson and Emmanuel Sanders in this game? There are, and I'm I'm on oh. an island with one of these guys. The the one I would say that I think is more of a consensus is Philip Lindsay. Okay. And it's frustrating that he only got four carries in their most recent game, but he's just been so efficient with his touches. He's looks like he's getting more involved in the passing game. Hopefully the end of the Devontae Booker era in Denver is approaching. I'm starting Lindsay as a Number two running back, definitely as a flex. Wow. Um, but that's not the one I'm on an island on, because I think Dave and Jamie and I all have him in our top 25 running can, back. Can I guess who you're on an island on? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I know. I mean, I haven't looked. I don't know. Like, but I'm literally just guessing. I think it's Christian Kirk. You got it. Because I said, well, I saw you tweeting about the target share, which leads me. So what are you doing with these Arizona wide receivers and why, and, and, um, why are you so amped up about Kirk? Well, since Josh Rosen took over, Kirk leads the Arizona Cardinals in targets. Now, it's relatively close between he and Larry Fitzgerald, but the difference is Fitzgerald's always needed to dominate targets because he averages like nine yards per reception and doesn't score touchdowns very often. So he's got to catch a bunch of balls. Kirk has not been that guy. He's averaging 14 yards per reception. In the last four weeks, he's caught 83% of the passes thrown his way. He has at least 70 yards in three of his last four games. And I, the thing I love is he hasn't burst onto the scene with a couple of hundred yard games or three touchdowns or something crazy like that. Because if that is the case, I'd be afraid that Denver might decide they're going to have Chris Harris cover him. I don't think he's done enough to where they decide Harris is going to cover him instead of Larry Fitzgerald. Interesting. Okay. So do you, you obviously like Kirk against Denver on Thursday. What do you think about the long-term viability for Kirk 
in standard PPR leagues. And I mean, cause I, I like, I'm in a league, a half point PPR league, and I'm going to ask you about some different names. Uh, he's still out there. And I mean, this is a league where we start two flexes and two wide receivers. So there's more than enough room. Um, would you take him over Chris Godwin or Taylor Gabriel? Those are two really tough names because he hasn't actually had the breakout yet. Right. And those guys have done something. Um, he's available in 69% of leagues. So this is going to be a very nice ad for a lot of people in a lot of different <laughs> leagues. Um, I think I'd take him over Gabriel. Wow. Okay. And I, I think there's more upside with him than there is with Godwin. Interesting. Because as much as I like Godwin, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard are not going anywhere. And we know what Jameis does. He spreads the ball around. Larry Fitzgerald is really the only competition in Arizona because Mike McCoy refuses to throw the ball to David Johnson. It's it's uncanny. We talked about that a lot on here. We talked that with I talked about the Brady Quinn. By the way, I mean I just I I, I didn't prepare for this enough, obviously, but I just <laughs> well, I didn't know we'd be I didn't I didn't think we'd be talking Christian Kirk. But it's really interesting because I hadn't looked at the Cardinals' schedule. This is a friendly schedule. They get, they get the Denver, which is not, I mean, Denver's defense has been bad, but, you know, they're not great against necessarily receivers. San Francisco can't cover anybody. I don't think they're going to stick Richard Sherman straight up on Christian Kirk. That's a terrible idea for a matchup from like a physical perspective. Week nine bye. Then Casey Oakland, the Chargers are tough with Casey Hayward there. The Packers, Detroit, Atlanta, and the Rams. That's a really good schedule. I, I'll say from this point forward, I think he's top 30 in fantasy points in both formats. Wow. Okay. So go add. All right. W- would you rather have Christian Kirk or Larry Fitzgerald moving forward? Christian Kirk. And that is, is Larry Fitzgerald droppable? Unfortunately, I think he is. I, now I, I am a, you know, over the last three years, I have been a huge supporter of Larry Fitzgerald and he's been wildly undervalued each and every year. They're the great but, contrarian play. This looks like a guy who has lost it. Mm. And more importantly, Josh Rosen is not looking at those types of targets. Like, I don't think it's totally a Mike McCoy thing. Rosen wants to push the ball down the field. Christian Kirk is the only, you have two players on their team that can get behind the defense. Maybe three. Maybe you could throw JJ Nelson in there, but Kirk's the only one that's shown the ability to both get behind the defense and catch the football. Mm. And those two things are kind of important. I mean, Larry Fitz is having a much worse year than he had in 2014 at the age of 31 when it looked like he was done. And then Bruce Arians, was it 2014? When he, or was it 2000? What year? Uh, let's see. Sorry. No, 2012, he looked like he was done. That was the last year with Ken Wisenhunt. And then Arians showed up and that's when, that's when he started doing the same thing he did with Reggie Wayne, which was moving Larry Fitz around. Um, and it fits, it fits. 2014 wasn't great because he was a little banged up. Um, but then, you know, he had these, he's had these great last three seasons where he's averaged, I mean, a hundred, over 108 catches for, per year. So it's, I, I, do, I used a fourth round pick on him because I thought, you know. Th- oh, I did too. I did too. I don't like it. I don't, this is not me claiming victory on Larry Fitzgerald because I was wrong. Yeah. But it just seemed like I think it was a much better fit with Sam Bradford mm. who likes making those shorter throws. Rosen doesn't seem, and he, and Fitzgerald doesn't seem that involved in the offense right now. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, I mean, hold him if you can, I guess, just in case Mike McCoy's fired, which is a very distinct possibility. And then. The offense goes back to Fitz, but you know you heard it from Heath. You need to jump on the Chris Godwin train. Um, that's interesting. I, I, I'm going to have a decision to make on this. Uh, wait, wait, would you rather have? Uh, would you rather have Chris Godwin? I mean, excuse me. Would you rather have Christian Kirk or uh, Muhammad Sanu? I'll take Kirk. 
Okay. All right. Good stuff. Uh, and Muhammad Sanu banged up. And so if you got him in Monday Night Football and you need him in your lineup, Christian Kirk could be a good plug-in on a Thursday night. Would you add Chad Kelly in Dynasty Leagues? I own Chad Kelly in two different <laughs> nice. Dynasty Leagues. Nice. So, yeah, I, I definitely, they're both super flex leagues, two quarterback leagues. Sure. Definitely in that format. I'm not sure I'm ready to use a roster spot on him unless it's like most of my dynasty leagues have 30 to 40 roster spots. Right. And if that's the case, then yeah, absolutely. I, I believe he's the best quarterback in Denver. Well, and I told you Jason Lockenfora yesterday on this podcast and he pointed out that Case Keenum, you know, they have a lot of money in him, but they might just blow this whole thing up and go with Chad Kelly, uh, halfway down the, down the stretch to see what they, to see if they need to invest a high pick next year in a quarterback. And I, I think he's somebody you want to take a look at because he's got that, um, he's got a little farve to him, you know, and you could, he, he's not afraid to whip a ball in there. He could throw the ball down the field, make some right. stupid decisions, but he can, he's got some upside to him for sure. And of course the name value. Uh, all right. So that's anything else from Thursday night that's worth. It's a, it's no, a, I don't think. I mean, both defenses are streamable, but okay. other than that, no. Okay. Uh, and well, I see this. What's your over under for David Johnson rushing yards? I'll go one oh five. Oh man, I hope it's over. All right, Eli Manning is your top streaming quarterback this week. He plays on Monday night in Atlanta. On a scale, I'm just reading straight from my script here. On a scale of one to ten, how comfortable does that make you, Heath? Uh, Two? Yeah, one being very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yes, one being very uncomfortable and slightly more comfortable than like completely not comfortable at all. So and like the back of a Volkswagen, did, if you will. We did this just a couple of weeks ago with the Saints. Now, I think this Falcons defense, as it's currently constructed, is worse than the Saints defense. And it's in that building yep. where points have just been raining down from the roof. So I don't really – I'm not that worried about it. But I did make a promise to someone on Twitter who kind of <laughs> called me out for using Manning again as a streamer. And I promise that if Eli Manning is bad in this game against the Falcons, I will never tout Eli Manning again. Well, you've only got like 10 more weeks in the rest of your career and Eli yes. Manning's career to tout him as a possible streaming option. Hopefully Eli's career, not mine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If Eli's still playing and you're not, that's, that's a, that things have gone very south for you. Uh, who, the other guys you mentioned, I think were Joe Flacco and, uh, by the way, Stephen O, um, who's going to be on this show next after i've already recorded it so this is peak behind the curtain <laughs> you're but, telling me what he's going to say yeah well but you he likes Blake portals this week any thoughts on that i don't dislike portals i everybody's sweetheart seems to be baker mayfield and i like portals more than him uh, my second favorite streamer is actually mitchell trubisky mm. and then flacco's third i i think trubisky's in a pretty good spot against the bend but don't break patriots they're not very good defensively, I don't believe. No, they're not. Uh, all right, I like all those guys. Uh, also in Atlanta on Monday night, the running back situation, Devontae Freeman likely done for the year. What's your play with these running backs? People have already done their waivers, so uh, Smith is already come and gone. I mean, like he's probably been picked up in every single league. Um, but Tevin, the, the timeshare on this is very interesting. Like it hadn't been Tevin Coleman as a feature back. Welcome, Tevin Coleman. First off, I'm really disappointed that you didn't just continue to read the notes because you put trust-ish Smith. And I thought we were doing an NBA DFS podcast and he was filling in for someone in a starting lineup tonight. I was like, uh, I was like, his name's not Ish. What am I doing? Why did I write that? <laughs> no, the split is interesting. It, what's really interesting, the trend in the split, and that Edo Smith played his most snaps of the season last week. Tevin Coleman had his lowest snap total in games that Freeman has missed. I still think Freeman's the better option for now as a low-end number two running back, and Smith is more of a flex. 
both of these guys have appeal. They're both going to be involved. I expect about 15 to 17 touches a game for Coleman right now and somewhere in the 8 to 12 range for Smith. The touchdowns are interesting. Smith scored a rushing touchdown each of the last three weeks. But when you look at the snaps, Coleman's still playing more snaps in the red zone. So I don't know that that's really predictive. Yeah, and if you look at Smith's stats, at least from like just fantasy points perspective, his numbers, once you take away the touchdown, it's not. I mean, like, you don't want to be starting him without that score. And I granted, like, scoring always helps a lot, but it, it feels like his numbers could could crater if he doesn't get that touchdown each week. Speaking of cratering, the the Oakland Raiders are a are absolutely cratering. How are you handling Oakland moving forward? They're on their bye this week. John Gruden came out on Wednesday and said, we're not tanking. Whoever wrote that is crazy. But everybody on the Raiders is on the block and can be traded. Um, are you – I mean, Marshawn Lynch probably unsellable at this point because of the injury. Amari Cooper may be unsellable. Um, is it time to pick up Jalen Rashard? Derek, Derek Carr shouldn't be owned at all, I would assume. How are you handling these guys? I would like to also announce that every Raider that's on any of my fantasy rosters is on the block <laughs> and available for any piece that you would like to give me. I'm I'm terrified of this Raider situation. We were, we knew this was one of the possibilities with Gruden, was that the whole thing would just blow up. That's exactly what's happened. Jalen Richard should be owned in PPR leagues because when they're behind, he's the guy that's on the field and Derek Carr's just dropping it off to him so he doesn't get killed. Um, and they're going to be behind most of the time. I... I don't know how I feel about buying low on Amari Cooper. I really don't. Like I, I, I believe in everything that told us he was good. I think he has talent. There's some breakdown in the communication between he and Carr, and he's got a little bit of the yips when it comes to his hands. He has for a year and a half. He's just dropping passes that no college level receiver drops. So I, if, if you're giving something up for Amari Cooper, I think it should be something that you don't foresee being in your starting lineup. Like Marshawn Lynch? <laughs> I would trade Marshawn Lynch in a PPR league for Amari Cooper. Yeah. If you have Amari Cooper, you're sort of stuck with him. And if you have Marshawn Lynch, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, remember, I, I actually pulled the trigger on that Marshawn Lynch for Matt Ryan trade we talked about a few weeks ago. And I am, uh, what do you say, hashtag pleased? By that, yes. by that situation to have Matt Ryan and not Marshawn Lynch on my roster anymore. Uh, notable from, uh, Justice Mosquita. I think I pronounced that right, but probably not. Running back touches in Oakland when they are tied or leading. Lynch has 70. Doug Martin has 21. Jalen Richard has 10. Running back touches in Oakland when they are trailing. Richard has 23. Lynch 19. Martin 10. John Gruden doesn't know how to disguise this offense. He just, if they're losing, he puts in Jalen Richard and he has Derek Carr dump, drop off the ball or throw a screen pass or, or throw a swing pass. That's just what the offense is or, or hit Jared Cook. And if they're winning, they just bunch guys up and pound them, try to pound the ball with Marshawn Lynch. It's very 1998. He wasn't wrong. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really discouraging. I feel bad for Raiders fans. Well, I don't. But, oh, you're a, um, a Chiefs fan. I, feel terrible. <laughs> I really don't. I, I, even Jared Cook, who has had a couple of phenomenal weeks, I don't know that you have to hold him through the bye. I don't like carrying two tight ends. Right. So I, I could make an argument for dropping just about any Raider. I would much rather have right now, if I were making a move, I would rather pick up um, Greg Olson still out there in some leagues, uh, David Njoku, Austin Hooper. Um, I, would you, would you, you would rather have Trey Burton than uh, Jared Cook, right? Yeah, for the rest of the season, I would. Okay, but you're not high on Trey Burton, are you? 
No, it's been a bad situation for him so far. It's been saved by a couple of long touchdowns, but he is not anywhere close to number two right now in that offense in terms of target share. Right. He's almost number three, but he's actually number four. (laughs) Robinson, then Gabriel, then a pretty big gap, then Tariq Cohen, who's coming on strong. His targets over the last five games, six, four, five, four, four. Mm. That's not good enough for a tight end. Well, you know, it's almost like in the last two weeks, like the results kind of speak for himself. And I, get, I know it was against the Bucks before the bye and then the Dolphins after the bye. But the offense has been much better. Mitchell Trubisky has been much better. And they focused it on Tariq Cohen. I mean, like they've let Tariq Cohen be the focal point of that offense and Taylor Gabriel. And it's resulted in them looking a lot better. I, are you buying? I don't, are you buying or selling Jordan Howard, too? I'm still buying Jordan Howard because the perception's so low. I think there will be game scripts that work out in his favor, and he will have good games moving forward. But I like Cohen more this week. Mm, I agree with that, too. Uh, What about the Patriots who are actually playing the Bears? Are there enough targets to go around for all these guys? And if you had to pick one person who's a potential – I'm basing this solely off your tweet from earlier today. uh, Who who would you be selling high on with the Patriots? It'd be Julian Edelman, and that sounds probably a little bit like confirmation bias to anybody that listened to me throughout the uh, offseason, and maybe it is. But so far, I don't believe the returns have been encouraging for him. He's got 20% of the targets in the first two games, and it's been basically exactly 20% the first two games. They're running the ball more this year. Brady's averaged 35 pass attempts per game. If he throws the ball 35 times and 20% of them go to Julian Edelman, he's given you five for 50 most weeks. Mm. And he's not. And you he's hope not, he scores a touchdown. And he's not going deep either. No, no, that's the thing. I, I would, I would much rather have Josh Gordon on my team than Julian Edelman. Mm. And I don't think, like, even with that twenty percent, Gronk's been at fourteen percent of the targets. We don't think that's going to last. No. We yeah. think they're going to throw more him more. So I, I would be trying to sell high on Julian Edelman. Mm. And Edelman found the. Uh of course, caught the touchdown pass against the Chiefs, which makes it, it – he's not a bad sell-high guy because he's got – what, he had 7 for 57 and then 4 for 54 with a touchdown. Like, people are thinking he's back in this Patriots offense. It's explosive. But now is the time to do it before it craters out is what you're saying. So so they've got 10 games left? Yes. So – and he's averaging 55 – over under 550 yards the rest of the year for Edelman. Is where you set the number. Uh, under. Yeah, I think it's probably under. Yeah. And that's not – Especially in non-PPR, that's not a receiver that you start. And we're also worth noting, too, when you look at this schedule, they had the Bills twice. They're not going to be throwing the ball 60 times against the Bills. <laughs> uh, they have the Jets twice, or once not in the fantasy playoffs. They're not going to be throwing the ball 60 times against the Jets. Miami, Minnesota, Tennessee, Chicago this week. So Green Bay and Pittsburgh, you're basically using them two weeks, and then, of course, they're by. I mean, those are the only two games where they're playing like high-octane offenses that they might need to keep up with. So I might sell Julian Edelman as soon as we get off this podcast. Might sell it while we're on this podcast. Uh, what do you think about? Do you want to buy Julian Edelman? I don't, but Adam Azer probably will. Ooh, I'm not. A, ooh, I don't think I have Edelman in a league with Azer. But did who did Jamie make that trade with involving um, Jordan Howard and? Uh, he's. Just, I, I don't know. It was a ridiculous trade. It wasn't one that we are in. So I can't I, believe he's even asking like who won this trade. Like you know you won that trade. You, 
Yeah. I, well, I think it was one of those situations where you ask who won that trade so that people will tell you you won the trade. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what do you think about Tampa Bay's offense? Uh, Mike Evans, I know in your Believe It or Not column, which you write every week and which people should read, it basically takes a theory and either debunks it or, or, or bunks it, I guess. Um, Mike, is that, is that right? Uh, Mike Evans, <laughs> is Mike, is Mike Evans a, a buy low or sell high? I, I will say before I get into that, I think the two offenses you've asked about are the two that we know the least about right now. Mm. Because we've only seen one and a half games with Jameis. We've only seen two games and really one and a half with Edelman and Gordon. So we are still learning about these offenses. But I do, I do believe based on what we saw last year and so far this year that Evans is absolutely a sell high if you can get top 12 wide receiver value for him. Sure. I think he's a number two wide receiver with Jameis under center and not because he got five targets. But just because we have seen Jameis leans more on tight ends and running backs than he does on wide receivers. These, the, now, these, these target numbers are, are stark. In like, in the time that Jameis has come back versus when Ryan Fitzpatrick was there for, for Mike Evans. Well, I believe last week Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones both set season highs for targets. Mm. And then you had the two touchdowns going to OJ Howard and Cameron Brate. 40% of his touchdowns over his career have gone to tight ends. Jeez. So I maybe maybe he's used to throwing to Kelvin Benjamin from college. So he's, he's, that, that, he's, that could be. I it. look for the big, thick guys. What do you want from me? <laughs> uh, I think Evans will still have some big games, but with Godwin there, with Deshaun Jackson there, mm. he even throws to Adam Humphreys more than he should. He spreads the ball around. He's going to be very good in fantasy. Jameis is, but I don't know that he's great for Mike Evans. Uh, all right, on Jameis, is he where? Where is he rest of the season? We told people several weeks ago on this. Well, you told people on this podcast several weeks ago to pick him up, uh, and of course on Fantasy Football Today, which you can listen to if you like. It's daily. Adam Azer, Heath, Jamie, Dave. You should be listening to that. Um, you were dead on. It looks great. They've got some good matchups coming up. Is Jameis top ten? Top five? How high you got him? For me this week, he's number two. Yes, I like him. And uh, he will be he will be in the top ten for sure. I think top five is what I said at the beginning of the year that once he came back, he'd be a top five quarterback. I won't back away from that. We'll say we'll stick with top five. Uh, based on the schedule, the stats on on CBSSports.com, opponent ranked for quarterback points twenty fourth, twenty second, eighteen and sixteen in the next four games. That's very good. And then he has uh, after the Giants, who you can still throw on the Forty ers the Panthers, and the Saints. So those are good matchups. The one thing, how early do you start looking at fantasy playoffs though? Because he's got the Ravens on the road and the Cowboys on the road in weeks fifteen and sixteen. If you're if you're four and two or five and one or maybe even three and three, and you're and there's some quarterbacks out there, you at least have to think of alternate options, right? Yeah, I mean, that is a little, I don't generally, to answer the question generally, I don't look this far in advance at playoff matchups. Those two names are enough to scare you into thinking about it. Sure. So I, I think you should have a, a plan. Now you can probably look at the week 14, 15, 16 schedule and find some guys that aren't going to be owned for the next three weeks that are going to have good matchups those weeks. I don't know if you have to rush out and add a second quarterback immediately, but it's something to keep in mind. Okay. Uh, you don't, I'm I, I'm obviously too cocksure in my opinion of myself making the uh, making the playoffs. Uh, beer talk? Well, no, it's not that. It's just we. I I don't think we have a very good idea of what defenses are going to look like two months from now. That's no, that's a good point. I feel confident Baltimore will be good, and you won't want to start Jameis in Week 15. Dallas could Dallas could fall apart, and you know Sean Lee's and Leighton Van Der Esch are both dead on the side of the road or something like that. So the point point well taken. Um, what, uh, cause in fact you would have wanted to play Dallas in week 16 before the season started as far as you knew. What, uh, what good beer have you had, Heath? 
you know, I was, it may have seemed a little distracted during a couple of questions that you asked me. That's my wife is at the store right now going through the build your own six pack and Ooh. sending me pictures of beers you, to see if she should get them or not. You, you didn't look like you were researching. You looked like you were, you looked like you were, uh, do you get, by the way, do you, do you have a uh, iMessage on your, yeah. on your computer? I do not. You know, you, do you, you well, not? I do. I've never used it. Oh, you should use that. It's awesome. You don't, you get rid of your phone and you just text from your computer. It's incredible. That, that sounds like there should be, could be positives and negatives. There, there are, that. there are, there are, yes, there are very much <laughs> negatives. Um, so it looks like tonight I'll be having a Sweetwater 420 strain okay. and okay. a Stone sure. Ruination double IPA. That is a strong beer. Very good beer. Um, but I did, I did go to a brewery right next to the, or very close to the office. I don't know if you've been to it or not when you've been down here. 26 degrees? No, I have not. Is it good? It's very good. I had one called a Scotch Ness Monster. It's a Scotch ale mm. aged in a bourbon barrel. Mm. Fantastic. This is your, this is a Heath Beer SZN right now, right? Cause it's like fall. So I mean, you can, you get you, there's plenty of IPAs out there, but you, you, you've, you're, you drink porters in the summer. Oh, I, I will go to the beach with a six pack of stout <laughs> and just drink dark black beer on the beach when it's a hundred degrees outside. I love dark beer. And yes, especially down here in Florida, you get like a six week period where they are stocking it in the stores. And, but you, the crazy thing about Florida is like, they're not getting rid of the dark beer. Like here, like if we get like uh, KBS comes down here, it's gone in, you know, 24 hours. It's like, it's like, since you can go like, go get like 2014 KBS in Florida because <laughs> nobody wants to drink it like these stouts down, like down there. Yeah. That's um, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think of, I don't know if I've had anything different this week. Uh, but we do have a, uh, I got a old hickory, uh, 2015, um, event horizon that I might crack open this weekend. So I'll let you know how that goes. Oh, you had the, uh, the Westbrook, right? The, yes, the, uh, the Westbrook Imperial. Evil Twin, uh, yeah. Collab. It's very good. Uh, yeah. I, I had three or four different variations of that Mexican cake. Yeah. And, uh, they were all spectacular. Like some people were responding on Twitter saying, oh, that's not the good one. Yeah. Get out of I, I had four of them and they were all phenomenal. Yeah. So, well, like, it it's the the difference I think is like the regular Mexican cake is hard to find, whereas you can kind of find the imperial. But it's like whatever. Like Evil Twin jumped in on a great brewery and they made an incredible beer. It's a delicious stout. Get out of here, uh, quickly. DFS talk. Anybody that that comes, so this is a weird week because you can play the single game stuff on Sunday night and the single game stuff on Monday, but you're missing. Um, David Johnson, I guess, because of Thursday, which isn't that exciting. But then you're missing all of the Chiefs, all of the Bengals, all of the Giants, and all of the Falcons. Those are a pretty significant top-heavy group in terms of in terms of DFS guys. If you're looking at the Sunday slate, so is there is there anybody that people might be sleeping on for the for this Sunday action? Well, it's not just that. You're also missing Melvin Gordon and the Chargers, Chargers. and the, uh, and of course the Titans. Who isn't loading up on Titans for the? For no, no Marcus Mariota for you this week. There are some cheaper running backs that I like. I mean, on FanDuel and DraftKings, they've just tried to make it to where you can't play Todd Gurley. Mm. I believe he's over $10,000 on both sites. If you're going to do that, you're going to need cheap players all around. I will go right back to TJ Yeldon if he's practicing on Friday. Right. He's 6,800 on FanDuel. Latavius Murray's 65. If Dalvin Cook doesn't play, Latavius Murray's pretty much an autoplay for me. Yeah. I'm sticking with Taylor Gabriel once again. One guy that may be under the radar that is really cheap, Jermaine Curse. Ooh, I like that. The last two weeks, he's taken over that Quincy Anunwa slot role. He's still just $5,000 on FanDuel. They right now, I believe, only have two 
actual receivers, Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse. Anun was going to be out. I think Terrell Pryor is going to be out. They've got like seven tight ends, but none of them can run a five second forty. So I would I like Curse quite a bit. Would you throw Jamal Charles in there if if TJ Yeldon is out, or is that just a bridge too far? He looked so slow. He does look slow. It's sad. It is. I just hope he doesn't play so long this season that he throws away his rushing average record. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for those that don't know, he's the all-time <laughs> leader in yards per carry. Um, would you start any Saints players in DFS this week? I think Alvin Kamara is a good contrarian play. Because every, people every, are worried about his touches. This profiles to me as more of a Kamara game than an Ingram game. Mm. I don't think the Saints can run up the gut against Baltimore. I don't think so either. And you know Baltimore is going to try to get after Drew Brees. Dumping the ball off to Kamara should be the way to combat that. Is it, is it crazy to think that maybe you do pay up for Todd Gurley and just load up on stuff around him? Because, I mean, this – stink like – the, the the 49ers didn't really do that great job of stopping the run against the Packers. Mike McCarthy just hates fantasy owners and, and doesn't want to run the ball. Is it possible we just get a 200-yard game from Gurley again? I, oh, I think it's very possible. The problem is if you do that, like just I've got a lineup here in front of me, and I just tried to plug him in. You essentially have to go cheap at almost every other position. Wow. So they are saying, look, we're making we're girly proofing these these lineups. Like I've got Jameis at quarterback, he's seventy eight hundred, and it's not cheap. It's just mid range. Latavius, the other running back, Taylor Gabriel, Jermaine Curse. It's it's not going to be fun. All of those guys have to hit, and Gurley has to go enormous for you to to win that way. I probably will. Uh, I'll probably fade him. Okay. And I hate it. Mm. I guess that's it's no fun. When the early games are over and you've put your number up, and <laughs> it's you see not fun at all. Forty <laughs> percent of the field has Todd Gurley against the Forty ers trying to catch you. <laughs> that, that, that's not a fun feeling. I think that I was in the money on the million. I mean, nothing. Like I was making like fifteen bucks or something like that. I was like, all right, I got a shot. Then I was like, wait a minute, what am I talking about? Gurley's playing the, the Broncos. <laughs> if Gurley goes for two hundred yards, it's over. I'm an idiot. Uh, all right, Heath Cummings. As always, you can see him on. CBS Sports HQ, follow him at Twitter on at Heath Cummings Senior, and uh, listen to him on the Fantasy Football Today podcast. But follow him on Twitter so you can get screenshots of sad Adam Azer. That was <laughs> – Azer is just like huddled up with no heat or like no air. What do you have, no air, no hot water? Uh, he has no heat or hot water. That's – and it's cold up there in New York. His The, the hurricanes are frauds. The, the, the Giants are dead. And, uh, and who are the Knicks? The Yankees are, just got eliminated. <laughs> the Knicks are terrible. Azers <laughs> in hell. It's hilarious. Uh, all right, Heath. We'll talk to you next week, man. Later. All right. Talking to Stephen O again. Reminder, you can go to sportsline.com and sign up to get all the data, all the stats, all the DFS, uh, optimal lineup stuff. It's, 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 it's a must have. It's a dollar for the first month. Use promo code Will or you know what? Use promo code White if you want to hook up RJ. Um, <laughs> But either way, you should be using Sportsline, expert feeds, data analysis, great stuff for gambling, NBA season, time to make your hay. Go to Sportsline.com and use promo code WILL for $1 for your first month for one buck. What a steal. Steven, let's get into this. Let's get into it first. First things first, the most important thing from your rankings that I saw. You have Blake Bortles (laughs) as a top 10 quarterback in fantasy this week. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you always have that first reaction. It's like, oh no, I did it again. Like <laughs> I have a bug, you know, cause I do my own coding and stuff like that. But it, it, it luckily it's always the Houston D that it seems like every week I talk about how the Houston D is star laden and overrated. And so this year, uh, they are allowing roughly a hundred passer rating to opposing quarterbacks. And this is who they 
faced. Uh, Brady obviously is great, but his his pass rating for the year is only 98. So 100, and then Mariota 75, Eli 91, Andrew Luck 89, Prescott 86, and the combination of Josh Allen and Nate Peterman 62 slash 17. So so they've allowed guys the quarterbacks whose average pass rating for the year at around 83 to have 100 versus them. So if Blake gets that bump, and then Blake also gets those three and a half points on the ground. Uh, oh, rushing, yeah. rushing touchdowns, whatnot. So, uh, so you know, there, there you go, and that's that's all it takes for Blake Bortles to be top ten, number seven. I have in the rankings. Uh, we got a cameo from Heath Cummings, who's yeah. back on the show after appearing on it earlier. In the way that we record this, um, the, uh, do you think? Because I like the Jaguars a lot this week. Even it looks like Leonard Fournette is not practicing, and you know we're recording this on a Wednesday for Thursday. It looks like he's probably not going to play. Would be my guess, unless he magically appears at Friday's practice. I think what they're doing with Leonard Fournette is holding him out uh, to try and get him right for the for the stretch run, which is probably the smart thing to do. T.J. Yeldon also missing practice. Yep. Um, does the lack of running back carries and the volume that Bortles will get? Help him, or does the running game not being there hurt Bortles? Like, how does how does that factor in for you? Um, yeah. So for gambling purposes, it hurts Jacksonville. Mm. Um, I have I have I agree that I have Jacksonville covering pretty pretty solidly, fifty five percent of the time, um, with Yeldon playing uh, without Fournette. Uh, for fantasy purposes, I think it's great when they have no one to hand off to except for Jamal Charles. Um, <laughs> you know, and then we all know Blake's deal if. If they do fall behind and he's got to play catch up, then that's when he gets those 350 yard, you know, games and three touchdowns. And, you know, as long as your interceptions aren't minus three, if they're something like minus one, then who cares, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, So yeah, it all depends on whether you want them to win or want your Blake Bortles to win. Who is, uh, who would be the sleeper to look for in the wide receiver group or is it just sort of spread out across DD Westbrook and Keelan Cole and all those guys? Yeah, that's what I have. I have it spread out fairly evenly. Um, although I got, I don't know, Dante Moncrief always sneaks in there with the touchdowns. Mm. Yeah. So, um, uh, Bortles, by the way, owned in 67% of CBS leagues, started in just 29%. Uh, he would be, and, and if you look at where he's ranked, um, I, I think you're, you're obviously much higher on him than, uh, than, than Jamie, Jamie Eisenberg. Yeah, they have him like 20. Yeah. So, so yeah, seven's a lot higher than twenty. But uh, and also, like, they don't have a tight end right now. Uh, I don't know who's going to start for them. Niles Paul got is on IR now. Right. So, the wide receivers are, are are getting a lot of action, and and the running back, whoever that may be. Uh, all right. Speaking of quarterbacks, great quarterback and Tom Brady. You mentioned him. Um, do you think that the Bears? You have you're lower on Tom Brady. Uh, I think than Blake or Blake Bortles, right? Like, yeah, the, yeah. You have Brady actually finishing less. And to be clear. Like you're not suggesting that people should start Blake Bortles over Tom Brady, but your simulations suggest that Blake Bortles will ultimately score more points than Tom Brady, and it probably has to do, I assume, with the Chicago Bears defense, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things. I actually would start Bortles over Brady. Wow. wow. Um, you. you know, that's I guess I'm a wild man, despite what <laughs> my reputation might be. But really, it's it's a couple things about Brady. Is we've all seen Sony Michelle, who I luckily picked up in one of my, the league I really care about. Um, he's, he's a real running back, right? And he's getting real, he's not just a, a guy that is a glorified slot receiver, which I, I love too. I love James White's of the world. But Michelle is, is, is getting a lot of yardage on the ground, uh, and he's getting a lot of touchdowns. Mm. And that, what does that do? I mean, you don't have to be a mathematician to say that's fewer passing yards and passing touchdowns. And the funny thing is, like, last week I was down on Brady as well as had him, I think, number seven. He finished number 12. 
I actually said it's because he doesn't get any rushing fantasy points, and then he has that touchdown. <laughs> the, the Chiefs guy uh, didn't want to get a penalty called on him. But I thought that was you know very appropriate for the few people who might really pay attention to me if they pick that up. But, yeah, I think the Bears, um, obviously, last week was an aberration. It's the, the two passes combining for 130 yards and two touchdowns to Albert Wilson. It was I attributed to the heat. It's really hot. We, we, we're based in Fort Lauderdale, and I, yeah. I'm trying to get 10,000 steps a day, so I walk around the parking lot like a mental patient. Oh, outside of, the, outside of the and, CVS offices? Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. Why don't you walk it's, inside? Yeah. Well, we don't have – I don't want to irritate people, you know, and I don't want to be walking in front of our cameras and I, stuff. So. I, hate to, I hate to break it to you, but people, <laughs> people are going to be way more weirded out by seeing you do 10,000 steps outside. I know. So I inside. actually go across – like I go around the corner to like the parking lot structures, <laughs> and so I'm outside the, under the sun. But the point is – it's tiring just walking around. Sure. And so, yeah, I, I really think there was just something about the heat late in the game, and they thought they had it locked up, and uh, and, and that's what happened. So, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I by the way, I was down and I was down there. I mean, and people have been in Miami who are listening, but I mean, like, I was down there a month ago, and I, I had to wear like a button-up shirt for video mm-hmm. stuff, and I would sit in my car and blast AC for like five minutes before, like, walking as slowly as possible across the parking lot to go into the building, knowing that if I move too quickly, I might just start pouring sweat. Um, yeah. Also, sure. also, you really, you really want that ten percent off the healthcare thing if you're the <laughs> exactly. And I don't blame. Like I'm trying to get that tote bag, man. Um, I point out, by the way, that Tom Brady just to just to parlay onto that with the Bears, um, you know, with, with this setup. Tom Brady is is not a top ten quarterback in fantasy so far this year. There are a yeah. lot there are a lot of quarterbacks who have played. Um, Patrick Mahomes, number one. Matt Ryan, two. I'm just looking at a six point you know touchdown league that I'm in. Matt Ryan, two. Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Roethlisberger, Rivers, Cousins, Goff, Breeze, Dalton, and then Brady. And Dalton has got a better matchup. So I, I'm sort of onto that. If Khalil Mack doesn't play. Do you still feel that way about Brady? Um, no, uh, he, he'd be he'd certainly move up if okay. Mac doesn't play. I didn't. I, uh, is it a serious? No, I think he's going to play. I just just I didn't know. I mean, like I didn't know how yeah. much. I mean, like Khalil Mack's a major impact guy on that defense. Yeah, yeah. Though it, w- it would it would have if I have Brady at seven, I would off the top of my head, I think I think he would be boosted up to to top four. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like he's getting um twelve. I'm at twelve. I, I think he'd move up to like top six. Okay. Okay. So without. Okay. All right. So I mean, in, again, like you're not you're not suggesting nobody starts uh Tom Brady by any means. Um, what about? Do you think that Sony Michelle can get? I mean, is this a good good? Nobody's gonna sit Sony Michelle. I don't think either because he's had three straight games. But is there any chance that Sony Michelle? Uh, gets slowed down by this Bears defense. Yeah, I have Michelle at what thirteenth, and uh, and the experts have him at tenth on average. So uh, I guess the model would be saying, yeah, the, the the Bears defense is legit. I have, I actually have both defenses playing better than expected. Like the Vegas over under, I think is hovering on forty nine and a half to fifty, mm-hmm. and I have it at forty four and a half. So I have actually both defenses stepping up uh, versus the offense. It is it was odd that it was it was that high. And then maybe it's because the Patriots hung forty three in a primetime game on a Sunday night. But this is a this is a road game in Chicago and Brady's played well there, but the Bears are pretty good as a home dog. How what do you think about Chicago catching three? You know that's funny. I, I thought just off the top of my head that I must have Chicago covering, but I actually have the the Patriots covering. So there's a classic case where the projection model in my brain says gut don't necessarily agree but i think that what's what's happening here is the patriots are, are riding the ship defensively i know they just give up 40 but that's pretty average for, <laughs> for for kansas city so it's only a slightly above 
more points allowed than average there. And and the two games, you know, they gave up a lot against uh, Detroit and Jacksonville. That's now three weeks in the past. Plus, they've established that running game, which allows them to, you know, have time possession. So, and and Chicago, besides again those that I'll call it that aberrant six touchdown Trubisky performance against Tampa Bay, they're a team that averages under twenty three if you look at the rest of their games. And uh, so 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 I, I don't. I would not be surprised now that I did the research that if New England does hold Chicago to 21 and and, and win some score like 25-21, uh, it's not a strong Patriots cover. So. Right, Patriots cover, but in a low scoring sort yeah. of. Yeah, I mean three is good because if it goes to two and a half or something, like, uh, it goes to like three and a half, then then I wouldn't I wouldn't. Right, right, right. Well, if it, if it goes, to, it was not going to go to two and a half because people yeah, yeah. people will pummel the Patriots in terms mm-hmm. of putting bets in there. Um, yeah. You got Jameis Winston ranked extremely high this week. I believe that the uh, projections, at least on the, the again, I'm looking at a mm-hmm. like a six passing six passing touchdown six point passing touchdown league that I'm in. The projections have him at number three in this league. Uh, is he a top five, top ten guy the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's he's top four. I have number four rest of the way. And that's wow. based both on his, uh, on his, um, total points. So he already had his buy, but also on his average per game. Mm. So the Tampa Bay, they have to, you know, firing the defensive coordinator might help, but it shouldn't, it's not going to stop them from being this shootout after shootout. And the lack of the run, consistent running games, uh, bodes well for him to just put up monster stats as long as interceptions aren't, you know, a, a major problem. Right. Uh, I will say the one thing about, um, uh, Jameis that you have to worry about. I, I've got, I've, I've we, we talked about him with Heath like two weeks ago, I guess, and I picked him up and I'm going to ride him out for the rest of the season, but I'm a little wary for those that are watching or listening, excuse me. Um, week 15 to week 16, assuming you're playing in the fantasy playoffs, Jameis is at Baltimore and at Dallas, which are yeah. suboptimal situations. Although it's possible with his defense, he just might be throwing 50, you know, 40 or 50 times a game, no matter what, right? Yeah, and it's it's still a world away, and I'm glad, I, I like your confidence that they're going to be in, the, in that final. <laughs> well, I just like to, I like to look ahead. I mean, yeah. yeah, no, that's that 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 that's true. Yeah, you know, you you have to, but um, you know, I think that a lot can change. Hopefully, nothing changes from Baltimore standpoint. But yeah, as long as you know, and plus, you know, you're going to be. It's not going to be standard. You know who you're going to be facing, um, and and what kind of matchup that they'll they'll also have. Right, that's true. Um. Saints. Speaking of the Ravens, I had a segue there and I didn't take it. Yeah. Uh, the, the Ravens. The Ravens are. are <laughs> I was pushing you. You were. You were. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my bad. I botched that. Um, looking at uh, looking at team defense. Baltimore is actually fourth in DVOA. Um, in, in according to Football Outsiders, their latest update came through on on Tuesday night. Baltimore is the second best defense in the league behind only Chicago, and they're making up ground quickly after sacking Marcus Mariota eleven times. Um, versus 10 completions and, and, and shutting out the Titans who haven't scored an offensive touchdown in eight weeks. They now get the, the New Orleans Saints coming off a bye, and the Ravens are actually favored by two and a half, and you're really down this week on guys like Bree, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and Michael Thomas, at least relative to where the experts have them. Uh, what kind of projections do you have for each of those guys? Yeah, so I have, uh, like you said, I have Breeze at number 16, which is actually lower than Joe Flacco, wow. who's at 15. Wow. Um, and I have all the key offense, except for Alvin Kamara, who I have at number eight, and the, the, the experts have him at number nine, so we're kind of in agreement there. I have Ingram at 25 instead of 17, which is what the experts have him, and I have Thomas at 20 versus number seven. Wow. So, so, so the, the case is that, and I don't know where they have Breeze for the week, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Um, I think they have Breeze at, that's, 
I can look at they that. haven't that ten. So yeah, they, yeah. They, you know, everyone's everyone agrees that the the the, the Ravens are legit, and look, Saints average around thirty a game. And the Ravens allow, you know, 12 and a half, 13 points. Right. And, and if you remove one quarter versus the Bengals, it's pretty astounding what, what they've done. And, and, you know, the first five minutes against Denver, literally, if you remove 20 minutes from the season, it's been a ridiculously dominant defense. So I think it's not that crazy to think that at home, this Baltimore defense can limit the Saints to 23 total points, a touchdown below their average. And that, that's almost a 25% drop in fantasy production. So if you were, so when you do the math and a, a guy like Michael Thomas might be averaging, you know, 13, 14 fantasy points, well, you know, when you go for 11, that, you know, 25% drop, there you go. And, 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 and go down, on down the list. Now, Kamara, because he's such a diverse player and gets his yardage multiple ways, you know, he's, it's not as, but even he, you know, even he was, is being downgraded because even though Ingram's back against an, against another Navy sure. defense, I probably had Kamara at number three or four. So, you know, uh, uh, it's just a simple math, you know, 30, 23 instead of 30, and that's what happens. Um, I'm looking at this, by the way. I think it's interesting to note that um, in your uh, – you send out your NFL future rankings to us, and, and I, mean, I guess we could, we could talk – we obviously talk about them on here. I, I don't know if yeah. they're published on the site. Um, but uh, the Ravens, 11.78% chance to win the Super Bowl. Are they a pretty – you, do you think they're a better yeah. future batter? Do you think that somebody like the Chargers who are at 4.16? And, and just so people, to put this in a frame of reference, uh, there are six total teams that are above a 4% chance of winning the Super Bowl right now. Obviously the Rams, Saints, uh, Chiefs, Patriots, and then the Ravens and Chargers are maybe the more surprising teams there. Yeah, I mean the Ravens, I had them as, as the best value, you know, even heading into the season because their point differential right now is plus 76 with two wow. losses. Wow. The Rams is plus 78, obviously, and they're undefeated. So, you know, this is kind of that, I don't know, this is a illogical statement, but 80% of the time, we dominate 100% of the time. You know, right, it's right, like right. when, when the Ravens are comfortable getting national praise and are on a win streak of two or more and and are against a team that is not considered to be a serious threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just poop the bed bigger than you could ever imagine. What? No, that's and, yes, me. yes, that's that's what ha- that's always been our history. Like, when we lost to the Browns, and I'll, I'll go, I always say we with the Ravens. I can't stop myself. When the Ravens lost to the Browns, I instantly said, "There's no way we will lose next week," because you know that's how we respond. If we had beaten the Browns, we would have lost to Tennessee. As, as hard, I, I know it. I know in my heart of hearts. So. The good, so this team is statistically, by any measure, I mean, I don't, I don't use the same formula as, you know, other analytics sites. I use my stats and my eyes tell me that this is a, an incredibly deep team. The sacks we were getting on Mariota, they, they weren't, it was, it wasn't crazy blitzes. It was just, our corners are so good. You know, for the first three games, four games, Jimmy Smith wasn't there, and I think he's our best defensive player. Um, we have we have uh, we have so much depth now on defense. We have these young, fast guys. We have guys like Tyus Bowser, our second round pick from last year, yeah. who can't even be active. Right. You know, uh, you know, guys like Kenny Young, you know, who who, who is a super fast guy, and we have contract years of Darius Smith, you know, who's just gonna follow in the footsteps of guys like Pernell McPhee and Arthur Jones, Paul Kruger, Adelius Thomas. There's all these guys that you know rack up. 15 sacks in a contract year, get 50, 60 million dollars somewhere else, and then usually flame out. But yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm just feeling as, you know, as good about this team as possibly can. And, and I think, again, if we were called the Dallas Cowboys, 
everyone would we would our, the odds everyone would be all over us. No one would if we were the Pittsburgh if they, we change rosters with the Steelers right now, I, I guarantee you the whole world would be saying, of course mm. it's the Super Bowl favorite. Sure, it's but only the name Baltimore, and it's only Joe Flacco's bad fantasy performance historically. <laughs> no respect for those. No respect yeah. for those. And that's what plays into us. Lack of respect is always the, the, the thing that we need. All right. Uh, I, I like, I agree. I, I got a Super Bowl ticket on the Ravens. Yeah. The, I, got, I took it 50 to one. I'm with you. The Ravens, when, awesome. I, when we talk about the Ravens, I say we too. I want the Ravens yeah, to win the exactly. Super Bowl for, for my bank account. Side. That's right. Um, <laughs> all right. What about the Eagles? Speaking of mm-hmm. birds that, uh, that have Super Bowl wins in recent years, are the Eagles starting to round into form and are they good value at minus four and a half against the Panthers? Yeah, I mean, I I loved last week because like people were like, you know, patting me on the back for being so high on the Eagles to cover easily against the Giants. I was like, if when you can be deemed smart because you picked the Super Bowl champ <laughs> to, to beat to, 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 to easily beat team, a, right? a team that wins twenty five percent of their games, right. then I'll take that any day. It's just like two a few weeks ago, and I had Aaron Rodgers as the number one quarterback. Congratulations, and, Stephen! You made a layup. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and everyone's like. Good call. I was like, you mean I get praise for saying Aaron Rodgers can be number one quarterback against the Detroit Lions? Like, I'll take it. So again, this is, I think, an easy call where, okay, four and a half favorite at home against against Carolina. In my simulation-based power rankings, I have Philly as the eighth best team, which is, you know, they started the year at third, so they've certainly dropped. And I have Carolina at only 18. So a 10 rank difference is pretty sizable. It's usually worth around three and a half points if you do that on a point spread. So Combine that with home home field advantage. Now that's why I have Philly as a you know seven and a half eight point favorite in this game. And again, I think it's one of those in hindsight people are going to say, oh, obviously. And yeah, I have um, running backs uh, Clement and Smallwood who don't get you know respect necessarily as, and they aren't necessarily great running backs. But I have them both nine or ten spots higher than uh, than the experts. I have Clement at fourteen and Smallwood at twenty four. Mm. So. I feel comfortable both those guys as my RB2. Well, yeah, and, and potentially some DFS action there because they shouldn't be expensive. So you could mm. slot the, and, and look, if Philly gets up and they just, and they, and they run Smallwood or run Clement and, and do dump offs to them, um, Carolina's defense hadn't been that great this year. No, so surprised yeah. a lot of people in terms of, uh, the inability to stop. Um, what about the Chiefs? You got them, they yeah. are, they're six to no against the spread right now. Everybody knows their offense is very good. The over-under on Sunday night against the Bengals is 48 and a, 58 and a half, excuse mm-hmm. me, uh, which is one point less than it was against the mighty Patriots last Sunday night. Um, do you think the Chiefs blow out the Bengals, and how do you see that over-under playing out? Yeah, I think they do blow them out because um, I actually have – so the Vegas Lions project to a score of basically Kansas City 32, Cincinnati 26-ish. And I have I have Kansas City at 33. So basically, my my forecast and the Vegas lines are in the same for Kansas City's offensive offense. But Cincinnati, I have only scoring 23 points instead of the 26. Mm. Um, and that, I mean, we all know the Chiefs' defense reputation. Their reputation is not great, and they're not good. But the Bengals' offense, I think, the fact that the team averages 29 points a game is really bogus. Mm. It's it's not a sustainable. It's kind of fraudulent. Um, if you look at their stats, okay, they scored 21 at home versus Steelers, and I know the Steelers' defense is getting better, but they're still they're not, that's good. Still not right. a good number. 21 at home is not a good number when you're, you know, you should have put up 28. Um, they had 13 offensive points versus Miami. They had two, you know, defensive scores. Pick six game. to screw the cover. Yeah, yeah, they had 37 versus Atlanta, but that's not a lot versus Atlanta. <laughs> you know, that's fair. Uh, uh, and they had 21 versus Carolina, and they had again that Ravens game. I know it was a Thursday night, 
CJ Mosley got hurt, and it's the Bengals, their kryptonite, and we allowed 21 points in around the first 16 minutes of the game. Sure. After all, that, all AJ Green, minutes. all AJ Green touchdowns too. Yeah, yeah, and 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 of course, I mean, he's he, we don't we have a law that we can't defend AJ Green. It's not, <laughs> Or any Bengal if it's if it's fourth and fifteenth in the playoffs on the line. And this is do, do, like, do you factor in that um, that uh, Andy Dalton is on prime time? Does that like does that matter at all? Because he uh, n- no, uh, I don't. Um, I, I I I used to look more into like uh, times, but then I I I I think that even though he's flopped enough, the sample size is still, believe it or not, probably not significant enough. I, I like to look at that. I look at it as a play-by-play situation and sure. how fresh you are on a play-by-play basis. And when you have, you know, uh, 50, 60 offensive snaps and you have, you know, 10, 20, 30 games and you can have what I consider a statistically significant sample size as far as how good your offense is. But yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily look at it. Uh, I hope he flops. But uh, I, I don't factor that indirectly. And but yeah, so I, I think the Bengals' offense has really performed as a as a twenty nineteen point per game offense. And uh, and and you know, defensive scores are great, but they're not things you can rely on. You know, uh, always lasting. If you're but now, but now, if you're, if you're uh, getting ten points from that, that's not something just that's sustainable. Worth noting that you still think the. Um the Bengals, the Bengals, like skill players, like AJ Green and Joe Mixon and Andy Dalton, are still worth starting in fantasy, and will still yeah. have plenty of points against a bad Chiefs defense. You just don't think that the Bengals' offense as a whole can keep up with the Chiefs necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the, the Bengals' defense is the one that's sitting. No one's going to start them anyway. Yeah, don't don't start it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, what do you, what do you you have a final projected score of what in that game? I have I have the Chiefs by ten. So wow. Chiefs, Chiefs offense scoring a point more. I mean, the the Bengals. The Bengals, the Chiefs are the worst in yards allowed. The Bengals are like thirtieth, so they're like barely better. Right. So, so I have the I have the Chiefs, and the, and I think the Chiefs have shown that they can uh, they'll come out sharp. I think, and they'll take the lead early, and I think they'll be able to run the ball effectively to to to, to take it out of the Bengals' hands. And so, I mean, that does scare me a little bit. Um, scramble mode, Andy Dalton down fourteen, Back down twenty one. Right. You know that could that could bite me. I, but yeah, so start everyone. Except for and, and no one starting either defense anyway. Everyone else start and then bet on the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Take the Chiefs and did you say over or under? Uh, I have no call on the line. I have okay. I have um, I have basically no value. Basically, there. right at fifty eight. All right, Chiefs, yeah, yeah. Chiefs, and uh, Chiefs, and maybe 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 you feel like maybe you get hot earlier on Sunday and you feel like throwing a, a shekel on the uh, the over as well. I like maybe the, there's I like that the, first like, half Kansas City action. I don't know what, I don't know what the line. I is. like the first half Kansas City action. I, I wouldn't take the under in this game if I were anybody no, out there. No. All right, Stephen, go to sportsline.com. Follow Sportsline on Twitter at Sportsline, and you can use promo code Will for one dollar for the first month. That'll get you all the data, all the insights. All the projections, all the fantasy uh, uh, optimal lineups and everything you need to dominate in both gambling and fantasy. Steven, talk to you next week, buddy. Thank you.